we are going to continue, and I'd like to read to you as uh, we are celebrating Ascension Day as well as preparing uh, for Pentecost, which happens next week. And we're also going to look at the power of attorney. Um, I'd like to read to you this morning from, from, uh, from Acts, from chapter 1, from verse 1 to 11. In my former book, I always get, uh, the, 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 Theopolis, Theopolis. In my former book, Theolopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving the instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then he gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on, your, on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And then I'd like to read to you also from Matthew 28, from verse 16 to 19. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And they saw him, they, they, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you, uh, to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of God, and we thank God for his word this morning. In the last six weeks we've been looking at uh, preparing... Preparing for Pentecost. We've been looking at all the different times when, when Jesus appeared to his disciples. And we go back six weeks, 40 days actually, after, he, after Jesus was resurrected. 
And today we, we look at uh, the Ascension Sunday, and it's almost like Christmas. Have you heard of Ascension? We've heard of it so many times, and, and I often think of this is probably the day that we as Christians don't celebrate the way we should. Because it is actually the day that Jesus completed his work here on earth and ascended into heaven and who is alive today sitting next to Father God and who hears our prayers. And Luke writes about it. He writes about it in in his gospel as well as, as in Acts. And he writes to uh, Theolopolis. Is that right? No? Say it? Theophilus. Theophilus. I can't say it. He writes to Mr. T. And when he, when he writes to Mr. T, the word, the word Theophilus actually means friend. The word actually, the name actually means friend, but it also means lover of God. Lover of God. And we don't know if there was a specific person that he wrote to, but what we know is that, that Luke wrote to maybe one of his friends or maybe one of the people that he knew, or maybe he just wrote in general to people that loved God. And today I pray that he wrote this to you and to me too. Because I love God. And I know you love God. And so when we hear these words, we know that he's talking to us. Because we are friends. And we are, we are lover of God. And just in case you didn't, you didn't notice, is that when he writes this uh, in, in the gospel, and I'll, I'll quickly read Luke 24 to you. It's only two, three verses, and I think it's on the screen. Hey, It says, this, this is what it says. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Just like us today as we come praising God. But Luke did it, did it twice. The, first, the last chapter of Luke, he goes and in one chapter he explains all the times that Jesus met with his disciples. He goes into detail as to he met, he met Mary and uh, the, the ladies of, at the tomb. He then talks about the, the two gentlemen he met on Emmaus. Then he talks about uh, Jesus meeting um, the disciples in the upper room. Then he speaks about another time where he also meets all the disciples and he breaks some, uh, breaks some, some fish and he eats it so that people will know that he is alive and that he's not a ghost. And then he explains to us in, in Acts again. And he, he, he tells his friend about what has happened. The thing is, is that in this section or in this, 
um, in, the, in these paragraphs or verses of the Bible, I was wondering how the disciples must have felt when they see their, their rabbi, their Messiah, go into heaven. And they look up and he gives them these last words. Maybe you can remember somebody saying something to you. The last words they said to you before you saw them again. Can you remember? Maybe it was a loved one. Maybe it was your husband or your wife or your son or your daughter. Maybe it was when you had to say goodbye at the airport. I had to say goodbye to my dad at the airport the other day. Because he came to visit. And I was a bit upset with him. So it wasn't a nice goodbye, you know. You know when you, and, I, and he knows because he's watching online. <laughs> and so I'm apologizing to him now, yeah. And I just remember him saying, I love you, you know. And Jesus saying the same thing in not as many words, but he's him just saying, uh, that he will, that he'll always be there. And I think of, of think, I think of Luke and what he writes, and he says, um, the, he talks about forty. I don't know if you noticed in that first scripture, in um, in Acts, it says the following. It says this. It says. Um, on one occasion, uh, yeah, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. 40 days. Can you, is there anything else you can remember? Not just when you were 40, but with what happened in the Bible when 40, 40 years um, the Israelites walked in the wilderness. Hey? 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, Noah was and his family were on the ark. Forty days that Jesus was in the wilderness preparing. And all these times was a preparation for something that was going to happen. The preparation of the disciples is vital. Because they were preparing for Pentecost that was to come. We know that Jesus was in the wilderness for 40, for 40 days where Satan continuously tempted him with things. And when it was finished, the angels took him and, and, and they looked after Jesus and he could start his ministry. We know, know that the Israelites for 40 years walked that wilderness where God prepared them every single day for them to go into the promised land. Where God prepares Noah for 40, him and his family, for 40 days and 40 nights for something that was going to happen. And so today we find Jesus saying goodbye to his disciples after 40 days spending time with them on and off. Preparing for the Holy Spirit that would come a week later. Jesus saying to them, just wait. Wait in Jerusalem. Wait.
I don't like waiting. <laughs> um, I want to get things done. Sometimes I procrastinate. Um, but most of the time I, I like to get things done as quick as possible. And it's not always easy to wait. It's not always easy because when we wait, sometimes um, we learn a lot. We are able to be patient. We are able to do things that, uh, that, that we, we're supposed to do. Especially for the gentlemen out there. We don't like waiting. You know? It's like, you know, when you're supposed to go, or you're traveling in your car, and your wife is sitting next to you, and you're supposed to go to a specific, uh, in a specific direction, and you keep saying to your wife, I know how to get there. I know the way to get there. And then you drive around in circles. <laughs> and then she keeps saying, do you know how to get there? <laughs> and Jesus is saying to her, I know, I know. You guys, are, you just need to be patient. Just stay in the upper room for another 10 days. And I will show you the way. Somebody is going to come and show you the way. And that's the Holy Spirit. But on the specific day um, that Jesus leaves, he also commands, he also gives these disciples this amazing uh, command. And we call it the great command. What they're supposed to do. And we can't read uh, Acts 1 without reading Matthew 28. See, Jesus didn't just ascend into heaven. He left a specific command for his disciples. He didn't say, would you please be my witnesses? He didn't say, I'd like it very much if you could spare some time to be my witnesses. This is what he said to them. He said, you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses today. Jesus gives is the great authority. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Meaning that everything that you do, not just the disciples, but everything, everything that happens in the world, from creation to destruction, is through me. Have you ever thought about that? Is that from the beginning of the world, from, from inception, from, from everything starting, Jesus was there. And then he says to them, this is your command. This is the great command. He says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
Sure. All right. We don't just wait. Sometimes we, we do things impulsively, and sometimes we fail when we do that. And then he makes this promise, and he says, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Meaning that he's always with you and with me. Till the very end. And no matter what we do, no matter what we say, that he's always present in our life. Hmm. Can you go to the, the slide um, with, with the two pictures on it? Have any of you ever had to get a power of attorney for something? Right? Maybe it be a will, or maybe it be something. You know, you have to pay your, uh, you need to pay somebody's debt, and you need to get a power of attorney to to get permission to do something for that person. I've had to do that. Okay, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of graft because the banks never give you. You know, they always want your ID, they want your um, proof of residence, they want everything, they want to know everything in detail. So, in order to get power of attorney from God, he says, you need to be my witness. From Jesus, he's saying, I will let you do anything that you want, but you need to believe in me. And then you have to take what I have given you and spread that story. Because each one of us have a story to tell. But some of us don't know how to tell it. Okay, Some of us are afraid to, to be witnesses for other people. Because we're always scared of what people might think. Right? Think of us. So there was this lady, her name is Fanny, Fanny Crosby, and she was a hymn writer, a blind hymn writer. And one day she went to this missionary, this mission house, and at this mission house in New York City, uh, it was a place for homeless people, drug addicts, guys that men that suffered from alcohol uh, addiction, and she said, is there a young man here who doesn't have a mother? And a young man stood up, a very timid young man. And he explained that his mother had died when he was very young. And Fanny Crosby said, ask the young man to come forward. And as he walked forward, she embraced him. And she gave him this massive hug. Okay. And then she gave him a, a kiss on the cheek. And then later she went home and she wrote this hymn. And this is what it said. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Snatch them into pity from sin and grave. Weep over the erring one. Lift up, uh, lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty, to save. 
And she wrote about that specific young man that was desperate. And years later, D.L. Moody, um, at one of his, and he's a great evangelist and preacher, uh, he stood and told the story of how the song came about. And as he was telling the story, there was a young man in that audience that jumped up and said, It is me. (laughs) She wrote about me. And he said, She had changed my life that day. She changed my life because she gave me the biggest hug that I'd ever received and the sweetest kiss I could ever receive. And so maybe you don't know how to witness today. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some of you are poets. Maybe some of you are songwriters. Maybe some of you just like to come to church and talk to people here at church. Maybe some of you uh, love to sing. Maybe some of you like to organize something. Maybe some of you just, I like to give big hugs. Okay, so if you know me, you'll get a hug when you leave this place. And I hope that hug just, sometimes there's no words. But it's just the love of the Lord, no other thing. So do what you're good at. Because that too will be witnessing to somebody. Today there's a family here that we're going to dedicate a plaque afterwards for Peter. And he must have meant a lot to you. Because the whole family's here. And for me that is special. Because maybe, just maybe, you are sitting here because you love your husband or maybe because you love your wife. Maybe it's because you love your mom. Maybe it's because you love your dad or your brother or your sister. Maybe it is through them that you are here today. And maybe you can witness just by loving somebody. And Jesus loved his disciples more than anything else. And he said to them, I'll always be here. And just wait. Wait. I love you, my dad. <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's, it's not as easy saying it in person. But it's always meant, yeah. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that you ascended into heaven. Thank you, Lord, that those disciples looked up and maybe they were confused. But I also know, Lord, that you had prepared them for what was to come. For if it wasn't for them, Lord, we would not be sitting here today. For they had written down, they had preached, they had gone and told, they had witnessed about you and what you did 
for them and what you did for other people. And so they were able to tell the good news of you in this world. That you loved and that you love everybody, each and every one of us today, unconditionally. And that you give us a free will to choose whether we want to love you back. But we are here today, Lord, to say we love you. And thank you. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to guide us, to keep us on the straight and narrow. And we come today, Lord, also maybe asking for forgiveness. Forgiveness of somebody that we've hurt or maybe something that we've left undone. But you, for those last 40 days, you prepared those disciples as you prepare us today for mighty things. And so use us today, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.